Welcome to Fellowship 1-7, a biblical podcast from Child Evangelism Fellowship for the Christian community. On this podcast, we discuss various biblical topics, passages, and truths, and how those truths have impacted the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, Elizabeth Griggs. Today, we're sitting down with Andrew York, and we're discussing our statement of faith that recognizes Jesus as the sinner's substitute. So before we get too far into that, Andrew, would you mind just giving us a little history of who you are and why you're involved with CEF? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me today. Um, My role here at CEF is the Director of Communications and Marketing, as well as the Director of the Digital Ministries Department. And I've been serving with CEF for the last 15 years. Uh, My story with CEF begins in 2001 when my parents moved here to start serving here at headquarters. And I became involved in 2008 as a summer intern in the IT department. Uh, I continued to serve in the IT department until 2016 when I moved from the manager of the IT department to the web and social media manager in the new communications and marketing department. Um, Later, I became the director of communications and marketing, and then in 2021, I became the director of our new digital ministries department. And that's a really fun place to work. We're doing a lot of cool things in that department. And um, I've just been blessed to be able to serve at CEF, that God's given me skills that I can be using in ministry, and uh, also to have the privilege of serving with my parents Mm -hmm. and my siblings. And I also met my wife here. So having all of that be included is uh, just an extra benefit. Very much a family affair. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fun, which is fun. And this is fun for me because you're also my boss. So (laughs) um, if we we say anything that's questionable, you're here already. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this. So our statement of faith says that Jesus Christ became the sinner's substitute before God and died as a propitiatory sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, that he was made a curse for the sinner, dying for his sins according to the scriptures, that no repentance, no feeling, no faith, no good resolutions, no sincere efforts, no submission to the rules and regulations of any church can add in the very least to the value of the precious blood or to the merit of that finished work wrought for us by him who tasted death for every man. A lot of words, a lot of big words. So we're going to go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about some of these um, terms that we're using here that we hear a lot, but I don't think we actually dive too far into. So our first word that kind of struck me as something that could be delved into a little bit more um, is a sinner's substitute. So do you have a a little bit of an explanation of what a sinner's substitute is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that term does take some work to break down. So I think starting from the beginning, um, it's important to realize that all of humanity is an enemy of God. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because of our sin. Our sin causes us to be separated from God. And we can see that in Romans 6.23, which says that our punishment for sin is death. Uh, Death in this uh, passage or in that verse is referring to eternal separation from God. Because of our sin, we are eternally separated from God. Mm -hmm. And that is a big problem. Um, That is not somewhere where we want to stay. And the cool thing is that's not where God wants us to stay either. Right. Um, And so this sinner substitute is that solution that God is providing to this problem that we have, this sin problem that we have. And the reason that we need a substitute 
is because we are not able to solve this problem on our own. Um, and that's very clear in scripture. Uh, Romans 3.23 talks about, for all have sinned and mm -hmm. fallen short of the glory of God. We are not able to provide our own solution. We need a solution provided to us. Right. And we can see that through the sinner substitute, through the son of Jesus, mm -hmm. through Jesus coming, living a perfect life here on earth, and then dying for all sin uh, on the cross. Right. Um, and that's our substitute for yeah. our sin. Yeah, and we can see the the beginning of this or the depiction of this way back in the Old Testament with uh, even Adam and Eve and God providing this covering for their shame and God uh, taking care of them, even though they had messed up and were not worthy of even walking in the garden anymore with God. Uh, he still had this amazing love for them and wanted to take care of them. And then we can also see it depicted in the sacrifices that exactly. um, Jews participated in. So uh, going from that perspective and knowing that there is this Old Testament or this Jewish custom of giving sacrifices and this sinner's substitute in Jesus, how are these relevant to each other in a Christian walk? Yeah, so that that point of saying what was the practice in the Old Testament is important for us to realize why this is relevant to us today. Mm -hmm. So in the Old Testament, the Jews are commanded by God to make sacrifices um, to remind them about their need for this uh, sinner substitute. Yeah. And um, the sacrifices they were to make and it was to remind them of that. And we need that perfect sacrifice in our lives as well. But we don't sacrifice animals anymore, as you right. probably I'm, know. And I'm not going to lie. I'm so thankful we don't do that. Yeah. I, mm. <laughs> so this is something that all Christians should continually give thanks for, um, that we have this sacrifice, this perfect sac sacrifice given through Jesus' death on the cross. And um, it should bring us joy. It says in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, Who rescued us from the authority of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his Son, of his love, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So Jesus is who we have our forgiveness of sins through. Mm -hmm. And um, we no longer have to make sacrifices because he was that perfect sacrifice. So this is relevant to us today because of that. Right, right. So um, seeing the relevance then in a Christian's life and knowing that we don't have to make those sacrifices, does that then make the Old Testament covenant between God and his people void? No, that's a really good question. And it, I think it helps, again, just to go back and kind of think through the covenants that are in the Old Testament. And we see kind of five main covenants laid out. And it's interesting to look at them in order because they kind of build on each other mm -hmm. as we go throughout the Old Testament. And again, it's not to say that God was trying to make a plan as history was progressing. He had this plan already from the beginning of time. Right. Um, but we can see him revealing it to us, his creation, throughout uh, history. So in the Old Testament, we see the Noahic covenant where God is making a covenant with Noah after he has uh, caused the flood to wipe out um, 
you know, humanity except for Noah and his family. And we see him make a covenant with him with the rainbow saying mm -hmm. that I will no longer uh, destroy humanity in this way, um, that he is going to protect uh, humanity. And then we see in the Abrahamic covenant that God is saying that he is going to provide a deliverer for humanity. Not only is he going to preserve humanity, but he's going to provide a deliverer that will rescue them from their sins and help bring a relationship back to him uh, and his creation. And then in the uh, Mosaic Covenant, we see that God is going to protect and set aside a people. Mm -hmm. And we see that in Israel, and he delivers his people from captivity and provides for them through this land, the promised land that they go and claim. And he is showing that um, not only is he going to provide at this one point in history for Israel, but forever he's also going to be protecting and providing for his people. And then in the Davidic covenant, we see that God is going to provide an eternal shepherd king. Yeah. And we kind of see that played out through David's life. David is this um, representation that we can see in God's word of what a picture of the shepherd king would look like. But then we see that fully realized uh, in the New Testament through Jesus. So these covenants, um, through them, we see... God's plan becoming clearer and clearer. Right. And uh, we see what he was always planning from the beginning and these promises that he was uh, making and how he is planning to provide a deliverance for right. us from our sins, uh, from the sin problem we have. And the coming of Jesus is not to void out those covenants and say that they're of no value, but to say that these promises that God has made are now completed. Right. God has provided what he promised to, to provide, and he promised to provide a salvation, a, a solution to our sin, and he's doing that through Jesus. I like how uh, you pointed out just kind of little snapshots of God and his provision for people. It wasn't all of this information all at once. Hey, here's, here's my plan for you guys. It was here's a little bit. Okay, you guys understand that. Um, to the extent you can, and here's the next little bit, and here's the next little bit. And then after all this time, I mean, we know that back when Jesus was born, the Jews were studying these scriptures, and they came to this, maybe not a complete knowledge, but they had a fairly good knowledge of who this Messiah was that was coming. And um, and then God was able to say, hey, look, here's the fulfillment of everything I promised you. Um, so I think that's just a really good comparison and, and breaking it up into those chunks helps us kind of understand it a little bit more. Um, I think it's also interesting to point out that um, not only are these covenants a reflection of God's love and his plan for everybody, but the sacrifices themselves are a reflection of that. And we can see that in Hebrews uh, chapter 9, verses 22 through 23, and it says, Indeed, under the law, almost Everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. So just seeing that reflection, it's it all exactly. comes full circle, yeah. And it's it's a very um, thought provoking time or thought provoking topic for sure. And knowing that when I was researching this a little bit, I use got questions a lot, which Great resource, yes. shout out, mm -hmm. got questions. Um, and something that they stated is that sacrifices were a temporary cleansing 
People had specific times when they needed to come and offer sacrifices to atone for sins over and over again. So it doesn't nullify the Old Testament at all. It's just like you were saying with God's covenant and these pictures, it's a depiction of what God is planning to do. It doesn't make void any of these promises that God made. And in reality, it establishes them even further, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting to think that um, Jesus dying on the cross was kind of the final sacrifice that needed to be made. And throughout history, the Jewish people, people who believed in God, um, were making sacrifices with this hope that they would not have to continue to make sacrifices. Mm -hmm. They were wanting Jesus, which they didn't know was Jesus at that time, but they were looking for the Messiah to come and provide that final deliverance from uh, their need to continue to make sacrifices and to correct their relationship with God and permanently. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think you can kind of see that in Hebrews chapter 10, um, where uh, the writer of Hebrews is laying out how sacrifices were an example to the Old Testament people of their need for a savior Mm -hmm. and that Jesus through his sacrifice on the cross was that final sacrifice to remove the need for any future sacrifices. Yeah. um, To remove the need for us as believers, as Christians, to need to continue to make sacrifices. Yeah. um, That Jesus is that answer to those needs. Well, unfortunately, I mean, obviously we could go on and on about this topic, Um, but unfortunately we've run out of time. Uh, But thank you for joining us and um, talking with us about this. It's been fun kind of picking your brain a little bit and seeing where where you stand on this. Uh, If you want to learn more about who CEF is and what we believe, you can visit cefonline.com slash about. This will also be linked in the show notes. So be sure to check out Unite Kids Radio, where we unite kids with the gospel through adventures and foundational biblical truths. Give us a like and subscribe to keep up to date on both this podcast and our kids program. Thanks for listening.